when you open the door for somebody else. Welcome back to the Vaccine Conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. Today and our last episode, we're talking about what's going on in New Jersey. And we've seen some some lows and some highs and some lows again and some highs. And it's been a very dramatic seen over the last four to six weeks. And for them, it's been even longer than that. Um, and so we had an interview in our first episode on this issue on our, that we just covered. And, and now we're going to talk to another advocate who was there and involved with what's going on with New Jersey. And and uh, now we also have on the phone, Susan Sweeten from New Jersey. Uh, thanks for coming on the show with us, Susan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the, uh, I know it's laid out there for you, um, but uh, yeah, we we spoke with Melanie about kind of a lot of what went down over this last year with the bill, and um, and kind of what's going on now, and how they just reintroduced a, a new uh, a new you know uh, they sort of reintroduced it all over again. Um, and I'm curious, um, what what has been your role in all this, and and are you part of a, a specific organization that you have? Uh, funny. So I, I'm, I consider myself a freelancer. Uh, I came to this, um, you know, as most people do at different journeys and mine was, uh, meeting up with Melanie in the midst of it. Um, and, uh, getting connected with the different groups just from an event perspective. So I run an event company and I realized that there's a need for that skill set amongst the groups. Oh, so yeah, I started still set to be able to have for something. Yeah. Like so I started just um, kind of helping and, and lending some technical skills that um, in the, in the arena of how we get people in a space, how we utilize the spaces, um, ways to get the spaces, the rules and regulations for the spaces. So um, it, it was a skill set that was really helpful to have in Trenton the first time we did our rally. Um, and then uh, moving into different areas from the Connect in DC, Vi, and um, so I, I'm a freelancer amongst all the groups. All right, awesome. Um, we well, you know what comes with that that's so great is organizational skills. Yes. Understanding yeah. people, understanding how to get them together. And people forget that that takes, like all, you know, it, usually when you go to events, you don't realize what has to happen to make mm-hmm. that happen. And um, so, ha- you know, when we come into advocacy, it's like nobody's really thinking about those kind of details because uh, we're just thinking, you know, what, we're in desperation mode and we're kind of, la- everybody's kind of scrambling to do a million things. So having people utilize the skill set that they have. We were just talking to Melanie about this. Um, use your professional skills really helps because having a presence there, you want it to be professionally orchestrated. Yes. You want it to be yeah. easy and effortless for all the advocates, but you want to present yourself professionally. And so that really helps with somebody who has that background in creating types of events like this. There are ways to look at things differently that, you know, the rest of us that are, again, trying to just scramble around wouldn't really be thinking about. So what an advantage that they have yeah. uh, to have you there. Yeah, um, Susan, I'm kind of curious. We're, uh, you know, a lot of us were kind of waiting with bated breath uh, this mm-hmm. past Monday, um, you know, when the final vote ended up not happening because they didn't have the votes in the Senate. Um, where were you when that was happening? And, and describe kind of what was going on, you know, those final moments and what was that like to have that that moment of victory? Uh, I would say it's so wild. I, I, I talked about this, that the day portion felt so differently than the evening portion from this all the way from back looking back on December 16th, the, I was outside, 
um, during the day. And it was, um, I never went inside the building during those two days. Um, I was outside and the first half of the day I had my son and it worked out really well for getting to see the, the moth to a flame effect that this crowd, this, this group had on the legislators. You know, the mm-hmm. daytime group of the when Holly came out, when Testa came out, uh, when Panaccio came out, like the the group was like, like I said, we were the we were the flame and they were the moths. They came out and they huh. were proud to stand among us. And the they legislators. To, yes. Yeah. yeah. So huh. while that we were seen as that voting block, the vibe of the 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 beginning part of the day mm-hmm. was that um, that buildup. We were we were helping that buildup of the crescendo at the end of the night, uh, and we gave them that courage to stand in their convictions. And you felt it when they were standing mm. there talking to us. They were excited for the first time to be part of this human betterment of the world. You know, wow. whatever their angle was, whatever their position was, there it didn't matter what their buy-in was, whether it was you know safety, whether it was religion and first freedoms, or whether it was body sovereignty. They their buy-in didn't matter. It was about you know, or their segreg. If it was about segregation, it forced them to stand up and be acutely aware of that corruption. And you felt it when they were talking to us. You know. Well, you know what you probably did for them was reignite the flame that that brought them into politics to begin with. Right. So you've got all these people that go into politics thinking, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to help make it a better place. I'm going to be a voice to people who don't have a voice. And we talked about this with Melanie is the way that politics looks now is so different than it did, you know, 30 and 40 years ago, 50 years ago, where people were really involved. People aren't involved. People don't protest. People don't demonstrate things, you know, for things anymore. But it used to be the case that the, the public was involved in politics. And so you've got this, mm-hmm. you know that people go into politicians, the politicians are going into this with this urge, this desire to really help people initially. And right. then of course we it know- It gets lost along the yeah, way. Yeah, it gets yeah. lost along yeah. the way. One, because the public isn't really involved, so they're not helping to reignite that and inspire them. But two, money's a powerful force. And I right. think that money changes people. And I think that a lot of the intentions were good. And over time, they learn to play the game. And the game becomes something that is not what politics was designed to do. And it's not representing the voice of the public. It's representing the interests, the special interest groups, the industry, the lobbyists, and et cetera. Right. So he, you know- these politicians probably saw you all there going, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is yeah. why I did this. And they probably right. didn't even realize it at the time, but they were probably totally inspired and motivated. And, and who they wouldn't were. feel that? So, you know, that's great that you guys are able to do that. Um, and that they were listening to that voice inside them that brought them back to that place. It was like going back to the 60s when people were like really fighting for the rights and freedoms of people. Exactly. How, yeah, how amazing that must have been. Yeah, we were able to help them be the hero, not the oppressor. Mm-hmm. You know, the corruption is wow. real in all of politics. We know right, that. Right. But this corruption that Sweeney let us just watch, like he let us, un- it unfolded in front of our eyes. He gave us the the playbook and, and we were able to not even just call him out on it in person, but in the public and in the media where they were catching on. Mm-hmm. And again, they are, are, that crescendo, like I was talking about, standing outside, being a part of that was helping these 
the ones that were that were with us from the Democrats to the Republicans, again, their buy-in didn't matter, is that they got to be a part of making that world better, which is why they took that oath, right? We gave the oppression a face that mm-hmm. was our children. We gave the voice of that oppression mm-hmm. a, 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 a sound, and that was of the parents saying, no more. We're going to not take this. We, we have a seat at the table, mm-hmm. and while you're listening and watching the mob boss, you have to listen to us, and you have to hear us. And we're not going anywhere all and you'll have night, to continue all listening day. to you. And, and the next right. day, and the next week, and the next, and the next, next month. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why, I, I feel like um, when we all showed up in Sacramento, the impression we were getting was that the legislators just all thought we were a bunch of crazy anti-vaxxers. We were mm-hmm. all, you know, Caucasian, you know, uh, you know wealthy, mm-hmm. you know, mostly women there. And um and we feel like we kind of felt not heard at all and like they weren't paying attention to us. And of course, a few of them that were on our side, you know, did pay attention to us and did, we're very, you know, happy we were there, but we, we kind of didn't feel welcome. Um, so what, what do you think the difference was in New Jersey? Is it the legislators or is it the people? It was the people. It's the, yeah. You know what it was? It was the battle. And I hate to say this, but honestly, I really believe that we... I believe that this had to transpire in this way. California had to go. Right. We had to watch our, our, our neighbor, New York, go. Mm-hmm. And we were we are at a point where every state needs to understand that if this comes, if a bill like this comes up in your state, it's a break glass time. The when, panic when was ensued. When a bill comes in. Right, in your state. right, Not right, enough, yeah. right. Right. It's a break glass. Right. The panic was ensued. And yeah. what ter- what made them listen to us and what is what got us the seat at that table was it's the battle of humanity now. It's like that great battle, like you were just saying in the 60s. It's a battle about standing up to corruption and 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 standing up with the backing of all of those people, not 100 people, not 50 people, but thousands of people. And. We have the blessing that Trenton is centrally located. You know, mm-hmm. we have to we have to be honest about it. While it's not great, it's still not a, it's not as difficult to get to from our state. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. wherever you are in the state, we had the benefit of watching what happened in California and and New York just happen. So we had neighboring states also come in and support us, and there was no one checking IDs. And this is a state by state by state issue. So we have to support each other. It's mm-hmm. imperative to get those numbers because it is a battle of humanity now. And I think that's what made them hear us is that they had no choice. We weren't going anywhere. And I think too, a difference between one of the things I've seen between uh, New Jersey and California is that we had, so this was our second battle. So we yeah, had right. the first yeah. battle four years ago. So on that kind of, I think in two ways that that hurt us. Um, because in the first way, we're all tired and we've all done this already and people are defeated. And then people kind of all went away after the four years ago. And so it was really hard to kind of get everybody mobilized again, four years apart. It's a different group. Some of these people have aged out of needing to worry about exemptions. Uh, You've got new people coming in that don't know how this is done and everybody's jumping in with how they think it needs to be run and what the message is and who needs to lead. And, you know, it's like, so there was a lot of acclimation, reacclimation that we had to sort of deal with, with that separation in time. But also I think the other thing is, um, 
it felt like our politicians were prepped and trained and prepared for this because they were very disconnected from their constituents. We had some politicians mm-hmm. that would not even hold meetings at all with a single person on the opposition over a three and four month period of time, which should be illegal. And we're talking yeah. about people who are already told this is what's going to happen. You're going to have pushback. Just don't respond. And and it's almost like they're robotic and they were they just sort of like were carrying on business and they were trying not to even listen to what we were saying. And I think it's because they had the benefit of those four years. They were like being, they were being prepared for this. They knew way before we had coached. Exactly. They knew way before we did that this was coming out and they were already prepared to disconnect from us. And if this was the very first time a bill comes up and you've got, you know, three, 4,000 people showing up at your, at your state house, it's hard to ignore. But when you were prepared for it, you're, you're already going, okay, the next two months is going to be like this. I'm going to, I'm going to go out the secret entrance, which is what several of them did. I'm not going to have to be accountable. I'm not going to see my people. I'm not going to hold meetings. They were, like you said, coached for this, which, which ended up hurting us because they were not really representing the people at all. Mm -hmm. And not too many States have had that double battle where they have back to back, you know, a couple years apart, um, um, and it really is like a, a huge fight and you're depleted in your resources, you're depleted in your energy and all yeah. those kinds energy. of things. Right. Yeah. So it was, it's great to I see. Think we, I think we also had the corruption really play out for us. You know, Mary Holland um, mm-hmm. nailed it in her testimony um, in the Senate hearing. She called Sweeney out for the corruption of being right there in the broad daylight, plucking people off their seat in order to get his vote and right. then not showing up to listen. Um, and then it just continued on each evolution of those those evenings where it got pulled. And they had no choice, but for the first time ever, the pressure was on their conscience, right? Mm-hmm. It was, they, the, the panic was there, but the pressure was on their conscience in that they were watching the big mob boss corruption and them trying to, and him trying to oppress them and listening to us cry out for them to be our hero, literally Mm -hmm. listening to us cry out and they had a choice. And I feel like that was the awakening of their conscience of like, are we the oppressor here? Are we going to be the hero? And that was the first time on the 16th that they, they, you know, Lagana and, and Gopal looked stressed, but there was a, uh, there was an awakening of that conscious there. That's amazing because I feel like we had the exact same situation in California, just with a different result. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we did all the same things. We cried out, we, you know, and we felt like we probably said all the right things, but just not a single uh, legislator. I don't, I don't know if any legislators really changed their minds. I mean, some pretended to and then voted against us in the That's end. That's because it was all party line, though. Right. What they're saying about New but, Jersey but in New is Jersey, they didn't have that. It could have been party line as well. So right. I wonder why the New Jersey legislators acknowledged the corruption when the California legislators didn't. Are they party um, line typically there? Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. We're a trifecta as well, which is why it's here. Um, but I will think that the big call out was the, the, the divide of 
the mob boss party to, and you know the, the tactics that came mm-hmm. along with him okay. and it, you couldn't you couldn't hide that there was no one else that could hide that and he's continually to give us right. these narratives of we're at war um yes. they can beat right. their drums right so he's he's showing himself as this puffed up egomaniac um that it's not about he went from it went to public policy to if you're of a of an elitist class, then you can go you can buy your way out of the law. So he changed the narrative again. He kept hmm. flipping the narrative. So that that um, that corruption was made blatantly obvious without us having to point it out. We just needed to rock the house he thought he owned, and we did. Because nice. well, he's focused on winning, not what's best for people. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that nails it. So I know Senator Lagana was, you know, sort of one of the casualties of, of these uh, mob boss right. tactics. And, right. Um, I mean, I, I know he is removed from the Senate Health and Judiciary Committee. Um, yeah by you know president by senate president sweeney uh but did did lagana did he i heard he lose lost some sort of funding or uh right so sweeney can do that but right so the way it works actually it's it's quite legal is that if you are removed from a certain party you don't get the fundings for it right so if you're removed from a certain committee you don't get the fundings for that committee it comes along with it like if you're going to be on judicial you're going to need more help in those in those fields so you get you get the funding for it okay. it's all strategic it's it's while it's wildly crappy um no one's surprised and i think it's funny that we're like he's being punished by the same one that was going to punish the people and the people mm. want to do nothing but come in and be his hero now and I think it's Excellent. going to be a beautiful ending. I think it's going to Excellent. be a great story for him. Yeah, but what's what's kind of tough is, you know, you win this battle, um, but I mean, you win this battle, but then it just starts all over the next day. And you know, one passion I have is you know, as we're fighting, you know, have as we have these battles in the legislature, we have to keep continuously turning our energy also towards the people, towards our neighbors and our friends. We have to make it so next year when this battle comes up, the constituency that rises up against it is even bigger. And we have Mm -hmm. to continue to devote time and resources to talking to everybody around you. So you're not just bringing five people to the Capitol next month, you're bringing 50 people. Right. Well, Um, yeah, go ahead. I think what's important to that that narrative about you know being being the neighbor and and being proud is that this was a moment and and if you read some of the articles that have come out of the the, the coverage of this is that they're being called protesters we're being called parents we're not yeah. the narrative is starting to change already about being not anti X or whatever you right, want to call right, yourself right. what mm-hmm. they like to call us you know marginalize us but mm-hmm. this the, the narrative is slightly changing and that's important and on the heels of the religious exemption is the HPV and I feel like that's a game changer for the dialogue that we're having with our neighbors mm-hmm. that's the first one I go to when I'm talking to anyone outside of my you know the the echo chambers we call it um, is the HPV vaccination um, bill and mandate that's coming down the pike for here in New Jersey for sixth and twelfth graders through twelfth graders and that's the game changer. That's the leveling the playing field. Because if you can talk to that one where people are like, there's no way, why would I do that? That's the worst one. Right. You're able to bridge that gap of like, well, yeah. how do you feel that that's the worst one? And you would never allow that one. And you'd want an exemption for this. 
and understand where I'm coming from about why I'm working on the, the things that I work on and why I feel like it's important for you to come with me to these meetings and do all those same strategies and, and work all the different angles. Um, but I, I agree, doctor, I think that the, I was comparing this movement to the trivial pursuit game piece. I don't know if you remember those. It's like that. And maybe I'm dating myself, but <laughs> there's that, you know, every, every little slot has its own piece of the pie. Yeah, and see, each Melissa, one of them, everybody yeah, here's old, pursuit, don't worry. <laughs> Melissa, trivial pursuit was a game. Stop those it. of us born in the 60s uh, played and you answer these questions and had little pie pieces. I'm all about like, Pictionary. Okay. okay. Like, <laughs> no, everybody here is old. So don't worry. Like okay. there's, there are so, no young people in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like that is like what we're looking at, you know, so every piece is important and the, mm-hmm. what holds it together is the activism when like, again, that break glass, that panic moment, we needed this panic moment. We needed to see all these states, unfortunately, go as they did and right. fall as they may for us to be able to rise up and show up in Trenton the way we did. I don't think we would have. And I can say from the mo- first moment I talked to Louise, she always said, you've got to show up in numbers. And we said it wasn't until the panic, until mm-hmm. their panic button is hit, like Melanie, Katie, we've all had this discussion until that panic button was going to be hit. Would we even get those numbers? And I think it helped to watch what's happening, the mass exodus of New York right next to us. Right. And we're what you're, getting calls left and right. And what you're alluding to is basically this idea that, that we're going to be tackling head on this year with our national tour, this idea that there, that there really is the beginning now of a national opposition. Because what yes. you're saying is you guys are watching California, you're watching New York, and you, there's solidarity there. And you're right. feeling like it's happening to you, so then you're fighting back in a different way. This right. is no longer about, well, this is your thing and this is our thing. This is right. about we're seeing the cards oh, yeah. fall. And right. this is the first time that I feel like people are starting to understand that this is a national opposition and that there is a country against this, not just individual states or groups. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right. where we're going to get you know, a big majority of our power from, because I think that's what's going to make the difference in turning the tide. Agreed. When they Agreed. have I, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, they're I, not going to be able to do anything. Right. Right. I agree. So I talked to, I was actually on the phone with um, uh, Leanne in Connecticut today. We're working on some things that are coming up there. And um, we talked to the state Capitol police and Connecticut, and they are watching what happened in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were talking, and they didn't know I was from New Jersey on the phone. We were, we were getting some intel about what the procedures are over there and from an event planner perspective again. And um, and he was mentioning, the sergeant was mentioning what was happening in New Jersey. So everyone's watching. They mm-hmm. know, you know, they know this is coming for them. If they have it on the docket, they're, they're getting ready for the onslaught of thousands. And the hope is, is right. that, again, you're going to support the states that you can, if you can fly and you can travel, or we're going to do fundraising for everyone to those moms that are able to do a, a different version of Moms Across America, bus tours, um, to support those that can. We should be. I, I encourage that. And, you know, one of the things that um, I've been kind of interested in, and I talked to Barbara Lowe Fisher about this as it relates to mothers not really being taken seriously by um, the other side on this and the need for not only to respect women's, the weight of their view and the mothers, their opinion there, but also to have fathers standing up and to see dads getting involved in this. From what I could tell from pictures and Facebook Lives, even back in December, I saw 
a lot more dads showing up um, than we typically tend to see um, okay. with both New York and New Jersey. What is it about the climate there that's getting dads more involved? And, and how are you making that happen? You know, I'm going to say from, it's wild. So uh, Susan Johnson, I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. She's from Robin, um, uh, Robin's group, Hope from Holly. She's also involved with the coalition. But Susan Johnson was telling me the story about her son-in-law, who she's been the, the mother-in-law in his ear since they've been together. And he ended up connecting with a group of dads uh, down in South Jersey. And they just said, okay, they keep saying we need dads. And he found one and he found one and he found one. It was like that find a friend, multiply it by five. Mm -hmm. And they have started their own group with a, a gentleman that was taking Sherry Tenpenny's class, oh, you know? Awesome. So um, it's this, I think it's electrifying. And I think the dads are now realizing the moms are like, we it's, it's an our fight. It's not just a me fight anymore. And, and I think that that message has, has hit home. And again, the panic button, you can't, you if no, if no one's going to talk about anything else is that we have hit that, that point of no return. Mm -hmm. And it is all about that idea of taking over that the state, your state capital, that we have to give our legislators a safe place to stand with us because the first time ever there's pressure on their, on their conscience by us being there yeah. in person showing up. Right. And we say, if you don't take the five days off now, we'll taking a year off t next year to homeschool. So like, right, take right. The, we got to take the five days yes. off now. Yeah. And do you think the legislators respond differently when they see dads showing up there too and coming and taking a day off of work to be there standing in the cold with all yeah, these? It's, yes, definitely. I think it's funny because you hear you, uh, Senator Chester, I don't know if you got to hear his speech, but one of his things is like, you know, I see a lot of dads here, but I hear from a lot of the mama bears. And one of the moms was like, well, we brought them with us. And that is true. You know, we brought them with us. And um, the supports there. And I think that the, there's posturing and that's what Mary was calling it. Like we had a posture in New Jersey. This was a ball about showing up with the dads, with the grandmothers, with the children to give a face to oppression. And this is, these are oppressive bills as oppressive yeah. legislature. And it doesn't just affect the moms. It's affecting of the course. families. Yeah. So I think that that was like a big critical piece to this. And the dads, you know, they bring a different energy. Totally. Not, mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's important to have it. It's, it's right. critical to have it. And I said from day one, I was wanting, I wanted to do a bros for uh, a beers and bros event, you know, drunk advocacy night, because <laughs> when moms talk about this, we talk about it at length in different ways. And my husband doesn't read the same things I'm reading. He's mm -hmm. like, did you see this post? No, I didn't. But that's what spoke to him. So I do believe that there's a avenue that we should embrace uh, to the point of like talking to your neighbors. You got to find what works for each of the different um, from the different sexes to the different ages, to the different generations, um, and, and locations. We all have to find those things that are the right mix for each one. That's going to get them mm -hmm. activated and involved. But I really truly believe this one was all about the panic. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder too, just, just to end on the, the dads, this issue with the dads is that I think when you have a, a majority of legislators that are male, Sometimes just seeing themselves in the audience, understanding and out there in the public going, 
this could be me fighting for my kid. That that it it doesn't allow them to separate so much from the issue because they are forced to have to look at it with that mirrored image. I think it's really easy for all these men that are working in the state house to be looking at a sea of women going, this doesn't affect me. This isn't my issue. This is a, you know, it's different somehow. But then all of a sudden you're looking out and you're seeing men in your age range, your age um, that might look like you. And it's kind of hard to ignore that this could be you. And the truth is, as it relates to vaccine injury, it could be. It could have been any of these people instead of the ones that are are fighting with the opposition. It could have been anybody. And that's one of my big... the big push I have to get compassion from people is to understand it could have been you. In this case, it was me, but it could have been you. And the thing about vaccine injury, it's often arbitrary. There's really no way to say who it's going to happen to. And most of these people had no idea about any of this until it happened to them. And so when we can bring people into a place where they recognize themselves in you, then we find that common ground. And so sometimes maybe just the visual, just the visual of these male legislators looking and, out and seeing men yeah. opposing something, maybe that maybe that resonates with them a little bit. Spoke to them. Right. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. So we talked about this in the in the in the black and the Hispanic community right. as well. Same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So same thing. It's it, I, you know, I did a radio interview with um, another woman in our group, um, Samaya. She's uh, African American and I wanted her on it because it was a black community that we're speaking to. And while the host was very generous and said, I believe that, um, I'm a white woman so for people that don't know that, but I'm, a, um, that he's like, they're going to listen to you and they're going to listen to your expertise. I really believe that it's important for them to see someone that also is sending the same message that looks like them, right. That they can relate to on that mm. aspect too. It's a, it's the same thing. We have to find a commonality and a, and a common ground to make it resonate. And not, and I have a disclaimer, not to take away at all from the hard work that all these mama bears have done because, oh no, because I'm I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah, Just like you. So, so seeing the work that's been done, I don't think that we need men to make us more legitimized by any means. Like we're, we're doing our part and we are kicking ass like big time. I'm so proud of all these women that are out there. But like you said, you know, and I've said before, these children have two parents. So the other Mm -hmm. half of this, this is our issue. This is not a woman's issue. And men need to get involved because it's their duty to get involved to help protect their child. Not because we need them because we can't do it by ourselves. It's not that kind of thing. I'm (laughs) super proud of all the the strong women that I've seen um, that have just, you know, passed all sorts of expectations for what's possible for somebody with no political background just to come in and, and really play a part and make a difference and be impactful. I'm so super proud of all the women that I've yeah. seen. Well, we have to yeah. do everything. We, we literally have to do every single thing we can. And you guys are right. We It really has to include the men, um, mm-hmm. if not just for the numbers, but you're right, for the different perspectives. Uh, legislators, if they see families, you know, and you know, mom, you know, uh, men and women and children, you know, two parents and a child, uh, you know, that's, that's got to impact them more. And I would say as, as, you know, the man in this discussion here, um, I mean, for me, I, I guess I, I envision this fight is going to be ongoing. It's going to be a very long fight and, and, you know, 
New Jersey, again, you guys have a long fight ahead of you and it's never going to, I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to end. I think it, it doesn't end until we end, you know, the, the, you know, pharmaceuticals hold over our government and, and, um, and people uh, wise up to what you know big medicine is, is trying to do, but yeah, that's kind of maybe a long a long ways away. Meanwhile, there's these little fights we have to partake in, but um, it's going to be ongoing. And for me, you have to find a source of energy, and that's going to give you longevity in this fight. You have to figure out, you know, how can I be involved in this long term? And for me personally, it was really just to. Uh, maybe this kind of would speak to guys. You got to find friends out there that are going to energize you, that you enjoy mm-hmm. being with, you have fun with. You're actually looking forward to that advocacy meeting because you like the people there and you get along. You've, you've, you know, kind of been you know raising your kids together and you, you know, form these bonds and these relationships. You you have to find that in this fight because I know for me that's what's excited me. Even I just even met a person yesterday. That you know, a, a husband and wife, and and their you know their two kids, and kind of found out kind of how they can be involved in this fight, and I'm like, that's so exciting because I I have this connection with these people, and now they're gonna they're gonna be you know I'm gonna be working with them, and that's even making me more excited to keep working, and so I would just give encouragement to people out there not to get discouraged that you feel like you win one battle and there's three more battles ahead of you, um, you need to find a team to work with people that you like um, and maybe people that you don't like, but you get along with, but you find that and you become friends and that's just your, your family unit that you'll just, you know, feed off of each other and energize each other and you'll drag each other to the Capitol when you need to go. And again, uh, that's for me personally, that's what really uh, gives, you know, gives me the energy to keep doing this. I think I think that that is so critical um, for us, for those of us that are new to this and like myself, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to hear that. And because it's that marathon co- mm-hmm. idea versus it being a sprint. Right. And um, I-, I can't believe anyone would be tired yet. Right. And that's, that's how new I am. Cause I'm like, what do you mean we're tired? How can we be tired? You're still on adrenaline right now. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, I was midnight here and I'm like, let it, let's go. Let's keep talking. So mm-hmm. I think that, um, it's important for us to hear that sometimes when you can fill your cup up and Stephanie always says this, that you, you have to do that, take a break and do it. But I will say, I think what this entire movement and this whole world needed this glo- on a global scale was this win. We all needed it. Yes. Yeah. You know, we all needed this. Sm- it may be small and it may may not rock over in Argentina. They may have not heard about it, but they may have. And everyone needed to hear this win. This underdog, this dirty right. of the, you know, the dirty corrupt, they're calling it the belly of the beast of New Jersey. That if we beat this bill back, that means we can do it again. Right. And we can do it again. And we can do it again. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this battle is what, gives everyone that that fresh you know air that new invigorating the tides are turning here we are and we're at a tipping point we've hit it we're here we had to hit ground zero to come back up from it yeah i think it definitely has i i mean i was smiling all day long or Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. And, and just, you know, every few minutes I would go up to Cheryl and just smile and say, can you believe, you know, can you believe it? You know, we finally, we finally won something. And it it did give me a great sense of joy. 
Well, Susan, can you keep the energy going while I take a nap for like two years? Yeah. You actually <laughs> talk to a, a lot of people that know me. They'll always say like, I don't understand. I, I'm slowing my talking down for you guys because I typically talk a mile a minute. Oh, no, so. I, I get that. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm ready for a little bit of a break. But if you still have the energy, can you just carry it for me yeah. for like yeah. just a couple I'll of tag, years? And then I'll like, tag you back in. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll come back in when you need a break. And I mean, yeah, that that, that has a lot to do with what what makes this work yeah. is that this is a long game and it's not something that's going to be over anytime soon. And, um, Su- Susan, are you part of uh, an organization that you'd like us to know about? Uh, I'm know, part of anything? all of them. I would be <laughs> every single one of you. Honestly, you're all heroes in your own right. Um, and that goes from, you know, Melanie over at Innovative Parenting that I helped with um, from Crazy Mothers to what Sherry Tempenny's doing to, mm-hmm. you know, to NVIC. Um, who I, Barbara is like the ultimate, she's like a grace and CHD. I mean, Bobby has been nothing and and Laura over there, they have been nothing but good to me. Every time I come with a a harebrained idea and I do have a lot of them, they all, (laughs) everyone jumps in and says, okay, let's see if it's, if we can do it and how we can support you. And they have, and I think that there's some meetings that people didn't know about, um, that, that took shape in New Jersey that, um, all of those specialty, um, groups took a part of, and, and we all, you know, we move that wheel forward and we, we change the needle. And I, and I do believe that talking to us each across state lines is what is yes. making a difference on yes, this one. Yeah. It really yeah. is. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, very, uh, convinced that we have this, you know, we, we will win this in the yeah. end and yeah, it might take a long time, but, but I know we're going to win this because the truth always wins. Um, well, we appreciate you joining us, uh, Susan. I know it's, uh, I mean, I feel like it's late <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're, it's after midnight for you out there. So we appreciate you uh, hanging on for us and uh, of course. having a special evening episode of the vaccine conversation. And well, it's great that we're all part of the same family. We're all, you know, we're all one, you know, one group, uh, you know, interconnected across you know, all the states. And that I think gives us all energy. And encouragement. And we're rooting for you guys and what's yes. coming next. So keep doing what you're doing because you're inspiring other people yes. as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us and thanks for getting the word out there. Like I said, of the course. secret yeah. sauce is all in our power of showing up. So <laughs> I look right. forward yeah. to seeing you guys at the next battle. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So you've heard Dr. Bob kind of mention and uh, take some parts from an article that talk about eight different points, eight different things to remember when you are going to step up your advocacy and your activism to the next level to be impactful and to be effective and to utilize some of the things that New Jersey has utilized uh, to see the kind of result that they have. So we've mentioned little parts of all of them, but I thought it would be good for us to sort of uh, summarize by going through each of them for you. And um, can you tell us the name of the, the article and exactly who it's written by so that people can look this up as well? Yeah, because this is a really a key article. It was written in fearlessparent.org. And it was, um, the title is Jersey Strong, Not Today Either. S2173 is the name of the bill. And it was written by um, uh, Luis Cuo Habacus. And um, many, many people know Louise, and she's been in this fight for a very long time. She's very well loved and respected by so many people. And uh, 
Um, I was very excited to see her uh, write this article. It really kind of breaks down, I think, again, the, the eight take-home messages that we're learning from New Jersey and how we might apply you know, some of these principles to our own fights as they come across our states. So I'll read them to you, Dr. Bob, and then you tell me kind of your thoughts on each one and I'll kind of weigh in briefly too. We're just going to briefly go over this. It's, it's not a very long article. You can check it out as well, but it has very simple and effective points. So the first one says, keep showing our numbers. It matters. Uh, it says, and just to read the first line of it, it says, our numbers give legislators who want to support us political air cover. It's what my people want, a.k.a. what my constituents want. And it makes the other ones nervous. I could get voted out because self-preservation is always the thing that they're looking towards. They want to keep their seats. So keep showing up in numbers. It matters. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so impactful because as we heard um, the numbers of people that came to Sacramento during our fight were the biggest numbers that the security guards and then the you know people that worked in the building they'd ever seen. They'd never seen numbers like that, even though it ultimately did not you know win us the day in in California. I firmly believe that numbers like that, numbers like that showed up in New Jersey, they said maybe even 3,500 people in that in that building. It's not a very big building either. Um, um, and they only have 40 districts compared to our 120. So yeah. if we weren't even seeing 3,500 people and we have three times the number of districts, people don't understand that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot for one state house with 40 districts to get three to 4,000 people to show up on one day. Right, because that many people never show up for any um any sort of legislative bill i mean it's right. i mean on any I mean, issue right yeah, no, i mean yeah. people have shown up in large numbers nationwide when it really matters like the civil rights movement and you know uh uh equal rights and and you know you know uh you know, war protests and, you know, women, big, huge women issues. getting the right to vote. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But big, huge issues. And I think, you know, this, you know, these vaccine bills, when thousands show up, that really, really has to send a, a huge message. And again, when a legislator sees, you know, a crowd of a thousand people, that legislator knows there's, you know, that thousand represents a hundred thousand people. It represents their voters. Well, so I have an interesting question for you. Has there ever really been a time where people are really showing up like the ones you mentioned since the internet? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like yeah, the, it's the social tide has they turned. Don't. Once the internet got involved and people started communi communicating virtually, it's like everything else ceased. Because yeah, the yeah. last bits of activism were probably in the 80s, wouldn't you say? Maybe early 90s. You don't really see... Yeah activism, like the examples that you had where people were showing up, people were showing up because there was no other way to get involved. Now people are apathetic because there's another way to get involved and they're sort of backing off from the actual in-person activism. And I think that the big lesson that I've seen over the last year that we've been talking about in our town halls and that you're seeing other people talk about is showing up in person. And so she says, you know, you can, you can send emails, you can do phone calls, but it's all about showing up in numbers, like in person. And that's the exact same message that we had over the last year that we just repeated over and over and over again. You cannot be a virtual activist. You cannot be a Facebook activist. Right, right. You have to physically go as inconvenient as it is. You have to physically be there. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's happened since the internet. I know it's changed us. I know, and, and I'll tell you something. I'm a little um a little uh, 
I guess a little disheartened about, I'll say just just personally, is you know, I have about um, 10,000 patients registered in my practice. So for me, and because you know, you know, almost my entire practice does not vaccinate, for fully. me, fully, yeah. um, for me, there should have been 10,000 people in Sacramento on every single mm-hmm. one of those big days. Uh, and 10,000 people is are the number of children. That means for, for each one of those kids, there's a mom and, and a dad. You know, there's two parents. A grandparent. Of, there should have mm-hmm. been yeah. ma- multiple tens of thousands of people in Sacramento on, on every big day that, that, that we're up there for these legislative fights. And the fact that there wasn't is a problem. Mm-hmm. To me, that is a problem. That is not okay. I agree. And... I, I know people, you know, people have busy lives, but, you know, I mean, you know, uh, one of the people, you know, we, one of the people from New Jersey we just spoke to said, well, how does she put it? She said, you can either spend the day with me and in, in Trenton, you know, today fighting this. Take five you, days off. You can only t- you can take five days yeah, off now. Yeah. You know, take five days off now to help fight this bill, or you can take the entire next year off to, have to, to homeschool home, yeah. your child if we lose this. People don't realize. They don't think long term. Yeah. They don't understand yeah. that if you – the same thing she mentioned with HPV, that for people who fully vaccinate but don't believe in the HPV vaccine, they think it doesn't affect them, not understanding that every choice that's taken away with yeah. medical interventions now is going to affect you later when all of a sudden they add that on and you're not able to – um, opt out anymore. Like people can't seem to see, it's like the game of chess. It's like people can't seem to see three steps ahead. They yeah. only see what's yeah. right in front of them. But in yeah. order to be impactful and effective and really be aware of what's happening, yeah. you need to do what everybody else is doing that's in control here and look three, four steps yeah. ahead because you can see the writing on the wall before it's before yeah. it's there. I wish everybody else could see that same sense of urgency and realize yeah. it's not just about next fall and your kid getting kicked out of school. It's about what if it's two years from now and what if it's 10 years from now and your grandkids and, and what, what kind of precedent are we setting if we're removing these rights? Yeah. So people really need to start showing up. Yeah. So and I, in yeah, numbers. Yeah. In big numbers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you, if you sat this one out in California, you know, knowing that, you know, well, it's okay. You know, other people are out there right. fighting this. Other people are going up to Sacramento. If you sat that yep. out, then, then. You know, part of, you know, part of this loss is, I mean, it's on everybody, but part of it is on you. And, you know, you, know, you uh, on the, the converse of that is really, you know, if you are looking for the heroes in this movement, the heroes to make a difference, you, all you have to do is look in the Don't mirror. Don't say we're not at number eight yet. I know, Stop but, it. That's, but that people need to know. Pretend you didn't hear that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah, that, that, is the, that is point number eight for this article, but it's so apropos right now. If you sat this one out... It doesn't mean you have to sit out the rest of the fight. You can stand up, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to be one of those people that is going to go out. Once we judge you for a long time, for a long period of time, (laughs) once we judge you for the fact that you did nothing, then you can get yourself together. Just kidding. Okay. So number two, second point. So we talked about numbers. The second thing is they need to hear from us privately too. Mm -hmm. So it says you can't just come in big groups. You also have to be doing the work ahead of time, which is the political events and coming to your district, your particular district, um, and having a little bit more more of an intimate conversation uh, with your legislator. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, like how it says, it says, you know, our legislators live in our neighborhoods. You know, sometimes we grew up with them. Our kids go to the same schools. 
you really have to take the time to get to know your state legislator and your uh, federal legislator. And I, I actually just took this to heart. I I um I decided, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I've been our our California state legislator has always been our on our side on this fight. So I. I, you know, I've, I've met him a few You're times. You're talking about locally. Yeah, uh-huh, locally. Our local one. Mm-hmm. But I decided I'm going to look at who my my congressman is, you know, for the federal government. And, you know, he's a, he's a Democrat, so I I'm, I wouldn't necessarily have voted for him. But I decided I'm going to go, I'm going to get to know him. I stopped by his office. I chatted with his staff. I found out I could make a meeting with him. I actually had a meeting with he and my family when I was out in Washington, D.C. We had a great, a great talk. And we really connected. And so now I'm going to go to, like, his next coffee talk. And when he's having a little event or maybe right. even a little fundraiser, maybe I'm even going to, you know, donate a few hundred dollars to, to him as a candidate, even though he's in, he's in, you know, the opposing party. And maybe some of your 10,000 patients can also show up right. as it, constituents it, it, and show exactly. up. Exactly. And we can say, we can make relationships with, with this, uh, congressman so that, you know, five years from now when there's a federal bill or 10 years from now, if there's a federal vaccine bill, I will have had, I will have formed that relationship with him so that we can have the connection and, and have a conversation when the time is right. And totally off topic, but the advertisement under number two on this article (laughs) says, Adam Schiff can't be trusted. Keep him accountable. I find that really interesting because we've talked multiple times about censorship and how this issue has been planned on purpose to keep information from social media, which is one of the big things that we're fighting. Because if you think you're a virtual activist... And you don't realize that we're being completely censored and shadow banned and all these other things <laughs> that you're not getting the message out to the people you think you're getting it out to anyway, which is just another reason why you have to show up in person. So right. it's just I just thought it was kind of funny to see that on there. <laughs> it, it coincides with what we're saying because this is a judicial watch that well, they're looking at. Well, you know, my advertisement it is it's discover the powerful relief of Theraflu. Oh, if you catch the flu because you didn't get your flu shot, huh. take Theraflu. Anyway. So two contrasting messages there. Okay, so the the so from privately to and one thing that was mentioned on you know today's phone calls, the idea that you never know who you're connected to. Mm-hmm. You might be so and so's friend's husband might actually be uh, a right. representative. Yeah. And so utilize your private connections as well as just yeah. showing up publicly. So yes, you're privately going to meet meet with them in your districts and things like that, but also uh, any kind of personal connections you might have by different degrees of separation, utilize those to keep these conversations happening. Yeah, and I one little trick I learned the way I met with uh, the way I was able to meet with our congressman, our federal congressman, was by going to Washington D.C. He had all kinds of meetings open because mm-hmm, w- when yeah. he's in D.C., none of his constituents you know right. live there to want to meet with him. So, yeah. So if you are ever taking a trip near the D.C. area. Just give your congressman a call. Give your you give your senator a call. You know they might actually have a few minutes to say hi to you. Yeah. Okay. So the third point: when the MIA dads show up, they carry weight. So we're t- we talked about this briefly. This idea that when the men show up, the fathers show up, they carry some weight. And so again, the legislators are kind of used to only hearing from the moms, but you know they might respond differently when you know everybody has like a different angle. Everybody speaks differently. You know maybe there's a way that they resonate more with somebody. That they recognize. Yeah, the, the way Luis uh, uh, words it, I, I really like it. She says, for years, she's heard legislators dismiss 
dedicated moms as hysterical and crazy, but angry dads cut through. Man to man, they speak a different language. And like it or not, it hits different receptors. Yeah, and and that's just the reality. It doesn't mean that there is more validity to what a man says. It's just that when you have male legislators, they might hear it differently coming from somebody who is more like them or communicates more like them. That's something to think about. Um, yeah, the the next one is, um, are you speaking with your neighbors? And I'm reading these. Right, so oh, that you're you, doing all the they, no, do, I'm listing them, but then you're weighing in. Oh my gosh, <laughs> such simple instructions at the beginning <laughs> of this. I said I'm going to read them, and then I want your, I want okay, you to weigh okay, in. Fine. So number four is, are you speaking with your neighbors? So this kind of goes into the private part too. You never know who your neighbors and um, friends and coworkers and stuff are. You have to be having this conversation everywhere. What do you say to that? Yeah, you know, part of me feels like I'm doing so much in that area because of all the work we do, you know, all the speaking and the podcasting and everything. But you know what? I will admit I am guilty of not speaking about this with my neighbors or with my casual friends. You know, I'm totally guilty of that. And I could totally step up and share more just, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. with the the basics of what we always talk about with, you know, my casual friends and with my neighbors. And, you know, they know me, they know who I am. They know I'm a, you know, a a decent person. So they might be like, gosh, Bob, I, you know, I had no idea. I, you know, I've heard about stuff in the media about you, but I, I had no idea what this is really about. So I, I, I'm hearing this message. Well, Louise says, um, it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to do so for some people, but if you choose to do it, be respectful and thoughtful. The media has taught people to be afraid of us. So mm-hmm. let them always see the very best. Um, I, I hear a lot that people kind of have been afraid to to speak out on it. And this is the year. This is last year and this year is like yeah. the year where it's like they felt like I can no longer stay silent. Um, and it, like Susan was mentioning, it was really the tipping point where people are forced now to come out and be very vocal about it. Like, so they were being quiet and now it's not only are they talking, they're talking to everyone about it. And that's exactly sort of what we need. And that's kind yeah. of what happened that, that created that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number five, a voting block organizes for political influence. So they're talking about organizing our opposition like a business. Like we have to do it. Uh, with that type of professionalism. And we have to be looked at like a group of voters that have the potential to vote you out the same way other smaller advocacy groups do. And, um, and again, as a public, we're just not, we have not been very involved in politics, like our society in general. And so this is kind of, I think news to everybody is kind of like, oh, well, we really need to organize and do it a certain way. What do you think? Well, so they they define a voting block. I didn't even really know specifically what it was. It's a group of voters that are strongly motivated by a specific common concern to the point that such specific concerns tend to dominate their voting patterns, causing them to vote together in elections. And so one example in, in New Jersey, what they did in just two days, over 150 dads in one district organized to tell the state senator there if he votes yes in favor of this vaccine bill that they will work to get him out and so becoming part of a voting block would be is you know you know one very effective way and uh and again i i think i've been pretty absent from maybe the politics of all this um until lately 
That's just so embarrassing, Dr. Bob. <laughs> How do you live with yourself? <laughs> Number six. Oh, please don't write any bad reviews on that either. Everybody, I just, I'll get crucified. Okay. Melissa, Dr. Bob does so much. I know. How, How you dare you that? ever say anything? He is a saint. Uh, okay. Number six. It's not done yet, and it's going to get ugly. Mm. And we've said the same thing. It's going to get worse before it gets better. What do you say to that? Yeah, you know, um, something that uh, that I've come to realize in California specifically is we just lost this fight, and you know, we now no longer have medical exemptions. What I'm concerned with is um, it's going to get worse, and people will wonder how it's going to get worse. Well, they're going to add HPV onto there. And they're going to add other vaccines on it. They're going to start mandating the entire vaccine schedule eventually. So right now they've only mandated half the schedule. They're going to mandate the whole thing. So it's going to get, you know, it's not done yet and it's going to get ugly. So we really all have to step up. Um, you know, even though we lost this fight in California, there's the nationwide fight. There's other states we can help. But there's the ongoing fight in California to uh, turn the tide away from mandatory vaccination. We're, we have an obligation to do this because we, uh, we have to, you know, we can reverse this and a lot of it depends on public opinion. And I think a lot of what people don't understand is how easily things can turn. So like mm-hmm. they, we, we quote unquote win. And just like she says, everybody thinks we killed the bill and won, but really it's just what the next day that something comes back again in the new season. It's like, it's never really over. Like she says, until it's over. And, um, I think people are a little maybe uneducated on how the legislative system works to understand bills can be gutted, amended, changed last minute. A bill that was really for something else, as we found out in California, gets changed to be about something taking away rights. You have to always be on your toes. There's just like never a time where you can be like, okay, we're good. Uh, Because it can change that fast. Yeah. But then you have to, you you can't just, you know, it's hard to do this full time your entire life. You have to find ways to to find the energy to to stay in the fight at a level. As I yawn. I know, I know she's literally <laughs> yawning. <laughs> because it's late here. We're no, doing it, you know. No, evening, I, and so. then like, you know, I mean, I, you know, I have like you know, an afternoon off, you know, from the office and, you know, I can't just spend every single afternoon off totally 100% advocating mm-hmm. for this. I do need to, to relax and take a break from time to time. But, um, but again, I, you know, I said in one of the other phone calls, one way that I find the energy to keep moving forward is to find people to do this with that energize me and, and motivate me and, you know, get me off of, you know, off of my butt to get out there and, and, and do the work. And so I appreciate you, Melissa, for, for doing that. For forcing you all the time when you don't want to. You're welcome. Uh, So number seven, you know, this is kind of an interesting one. And I think one that people don't really talk about that I think actually makes so much sense. Celebrity activism is no substitute for political organizing. And I think that we've all sort of been guilty of kind of falling into what she says, this temptation to have somebody ride in on a white horse and carry the day for us. And the problem with that is... Again, it makes people complacent. It makes them not be not focus on taking action. And it's so important for you as a constituent to be really present with your legislator because people that are coming from other states, people, you know, they're not listening to them the same way. So not only do right. you carry more weight with your words as a constituent, but you know your own state's laws and the intricacies. In- 
intricacies of your particular bills. And all those things are very specific. And so that means you need to be a citizen of that region to be doing it. And you need to be, because it's a long fight, when that white horse leaves and you're stuck there, what are you guys going to just not get involved and count on that person again? No, you've got to do the work and, and be, and be getting involved on a regular basis. And so this is something I think probably that could really be a good reminder for what do you think? Yeah, and you know, I I know there are a number of of, uh, of people that have really dedicated a lot of time. You know, you know, Del Bigtree, you know, Bobby Kennedy. They really go to a lot of these uh, places and and to to you know, speak to legislators and they and you know, but you know, I and I, I love the work they do. And and I don't do a lot of that kind of travel. Um, you know, I've I have a family and work and then we do our you know our work and activism here um but i you know for me i i heard i heard one person say one time that um that you know one of the state uh one of the like the state leaders uh told this person i really need you to come out to our our rally at the capitol so we you know we can get people here because if Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if you show up, then a thousand people will be here. Right. And if you don't show up, we'll have a hundred people mm-hmm. here. And when I heard that, that made me so angry. Oh yeah, that made me so incredibly That's angry. Sad. When you not think about not it. not at the at the person that was willing to go out there and 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 you know rally rally the troops. Is how dare people? Yeah. Not go to the Capitol because there's not going to be some celebrity there that they, that they can mm-hmm. get a selfie with and, and say yeah. hi to. You're right. If you are only going to these to you know for that, then you know, stay home. Well, no, don't stay home. Come <laughs> anyway. But but that is not the reason you should be going to your state right. capital, and you should be going there for you for your child. Not for a selfie opportunity, not yeah. for something you can you know, post on, 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 on social media. We should not need the Bobby Kennedys and the Dell Big Trees. The draw. To what draw you say, to, to draw yeah. people, yes. And 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 that, you know, I would I mean, you know, I love it when people, you know, kind of come up and, and say hi to me and I love my biggest love is is when podcast listeners come up and say, you know, you know, listen to the podcast. I totally love that. Don't get me wrong, I really love that. But I really hope you're not coming to events like just to see that person, you know, just to see that draw. Again, this is for you. Mm-hmm. This is for you and this is for your child. This is for your grandchildren. And so um, that's what this is really all about. And this is what Louise says. She said, don't misunderstand me. They, these kind of people have made and are making great contributions. Right. And lots of groups are working side by side, and that can be very effective. She, but, but I love this. She said, there's a role for everyone, especially you. Yes. As in, yeah. again, don't sit back and watch these people do their thing. Let them do their thing, and you do yours. Right. Yeah. And let's all be doing something. And so that way, when people come and go, there's still activity happening. Like the, the, the hive is still buzzing. It can't only be buzzing when yeah. certain things are around. That's never going to work. We have to have consistent buzzing all the time, yeah. all the different states, uh, off season, on season. Yep. And so the last one, which you all I wonder what the last one is. You what already is alluded to. How dare you? <laughs> uh, number eight, looking for a hero, look in the mirror. What does that say to you? What do you think? Well, you know, um, when I look in the mirror, Melissa, um, <laughs> no, you know what? It's so funny for me. I just see this regular 
person who's kind of a little bit of a dork and nerd sometimes and a little bit (laughs) (laughs) review someone review that please (laughs) you're supposed to be honest with everybody dr bob let's not show i mean i am like i'm like the the least celebrity type of person to me personally because i i just see myself as a regular person who's just is doing the work he knows what's right i you know I, i i work at the office and i go out and do what i love to do you know with this advocacy I am literally just a regular person out there and every single one of you is just as important, maybe even more important. You all each have your, your skill sets, but even if you don't have a specific skill set for this, you are a person and you have a child and you're a family and you are a voter for that legislator. And you want to know who's going to change this. It's my, you know, it's, it's my, you know, 10,000 patients that I have and their parents, each one of you listen to this can look in the mirror and know you're one of those people that can change this. And it's the, you know, the millions of, of similar people all over California. Um, every single one of us is in this equally. And, uh, and you know what, you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of examine yourself and say, am I going to step up? and be a body in this fight, or am I going to sit on the sidelines, let it, let other people do it. And like Louise says, she says, you know, she's seen large numbers of people come to Trenton and then they dissipate just like we did. 277 people come together and then everybody goes away. And she says, if that keeps happening, unless we do something different, it's going to happen again. So that that cycle is going to happen again, where they come in and try to take away rights again. So she said, if we're looking for heroes, we must find them in our own ranks everyday heroes with the skill sets needed to get this job done. And I've actually mentioned, without having read this, I mentioned skill sets a couple of times when we were on the conversations today earlier on the phone, um, is that there, this is absolutely true. Everyday heroes. You don't have to be yeah. a certain thing. You don't have to be, have, have done this for 20 years. You don't have to have been in politics. You don't even have to have a college education in in some cases. There are skill sets everywhere and there are a lot of self-educated people and there are people that have done the work and are doing the research and have gotten into this issue to understand it. Everybody needs to step up and find where they can contribute their time and volunteer their time. Okay. Let me be clear about this. Like, you know, we've talked about this for a long time. Four or five years of work without getting paid for it is what is expected, should yes. be expected of you. And, th- and this is what I've done. We're talking, you know, 12 hours a day sometimes, every free opportunity that I've had. You can't do it. You cannot get involved in this movement if you're looking for fame. That's number one. Right. You cannot get involved in this if you're looking for money or a job or you expect you're going to get totally compensated for your role in here. That's not what advocacy like this is unless you're mm-hmm. doing it for the long term and you can create a niche and a business version that helps people or whatever. But for the average person, be prepared to volunteer. Okay, this is part of tithing, you know, in mm-hmm. a religious practice. Right. This is a tithe, a tithe of your, what do they say, talent, time and treasure. This is your chance to give with nothing in return other than the satisfaction of knowing you're helping people, the satisfaction of knowing you're adding a voice to the cause, and that your extra voice could make a difference. You cannot expect to not get involved unless you get this, this, and this. We People have got to understand this is all about sacrifice and giving. We all have to give. And the problem is we're seeing a handful of people giving a lot more than the majority of other people. And until you really get involved, will you find out what you have to give? Yeah. You have to just jump in and, and you never know what you could do. Yeah. But but even if it's just literally 
making the drive up to the next, you know, big legislative issue and being a body there, that, that alone is a contribution. But don't just be a body, be a body with open ears and educate yourself, get better at the process, learn how it goes. And the next time you lead the meeting, coming to the legislator's office, having other people come and you be a part of the solution, you know, like people don't understand. They think to themselves, that's not me. It's not anybody. (laughs) Truthfully, it's not anybody. Right. You know, just yeah. you just have to do something because we have no other option. Don't expect yeah. anything in return. Don't it doesn't have to look an, or feel a certain way. Just do it. And like she says, if you're looking for somebody to come save you, look in the mirror. You need to be that person, not just for your own family, but for mm-hmm. other people's families. Yeah. And imagine how we can um, amplify the yes. power, amplify yeah. the energy, amplify all that stuff. Because that's going to be so key. That's how we win. We win by by escalating our numbers to be such a big group of people that they can no longer discriminate against us. So there you have it, you guys. And, and you know, thanks for, uh, for Luis for writing this article and we'll put a link to there. I think it was kind of a nice, uh, inspiring article and it's great to have these, uh, these, uh, two phone conversations as well. And, and I feel way more connected to what happened in New Jersey now, just kind of having learned from, you know, firsthand mm-hmm. instead of just me reading on right. Facebook and, and I think it's nice to get connected that way because we are all in this together. And again, like we've said, it's inspiring to see people doing things and fighting back mm-hmm. and showing that their that rights are so important that people will weather all sorts of storms to be able to fight for them. And that encourages everybody else to yeah. stop being lazy and doing the same thing. <laughs> And yeah. uh, and we're looking forward to being able to meet some of these people on tour yeah. uh, with the Vaccine Conversation podcast national tour that's coming this year. And uh, hopefully if you're out in New Jersey, New York, you're listening to this, we will definitely be coming out your way as yeah. one of our stops. Yep. I get a lot of messages about, have you decided yet? I haven't decided on all of them yet, but there are a couple we know for sure we're hitting. And that's one of them. Um, so we will definitely want to come out and meet you guys and shake hands and hug you and thank you for the work that you've done and, and connect because again, this is, we're all one group here fighting these types of mandates. This is not state specific. This is everybody. You believe in human rights. You believe in medical rights. We're all on the same team. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys, uh, next time on Vaccine Conversation. Information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.